welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Around, last time I said 18,000, around 19,000 from the bed doing the... Uh, <laughs> The Corona podcast, the Corona times. Yeah, Corona times. Hey, everyone, it's Amanda. And yeah, I guess I've lost count of how many days we've been recording from our bedroom, but it is... 8.40 p.m. the night before Easter, and we are recording with... Uh, <laughs> no fucking clue what day it is. Well, I, I have to know. We have little kids, so uh, yeah, the Easter bunny no still has to come tonight, so I did have to know what day it was. Um, we have an interesting guest What is this Easter today. bunny coming bullshit? When I was a kid, there was no Easter bunny that came to your house. Like You're Santa. really old. You're really old. Yeah, I am old, so <laughs> is this new? The Easter bunny does like a Santa thing? No, we had the Easter bunny. Julia, we had the Easter bunny, yeah? We do. Did, yeah. you, did your Easter bunny give you gifts? Uh, like chocolate and hid eggs and you went for an Easter egg hunt? You didn't do that when you were a kid? No, we talked about this on one of the other podcasts. Oh, I didn't have these parent moments because my parents weren't like this. Oh. Because they're older <laughs> and it's not their culture to, you know what, let's let's make sure the kids have fun, right? Look, apparently the Easter Bunny has been named an essential worker now, yep. so he will be out tonight. He will be out tonight. So yes, <laughs> I did have to know what day it is today because if anybody listening didn't know this, I am the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Don't tell my kids. Um, so this episode tonight is really, really interesting because we've been talking about COVID-19 for fuck what feels like forever. And we have a guest on the phone today who is not only a frontline worker, uh, Julie is a registered nurse, but also just finally tested negative after actually being infected with the virus and spending, I think the last Insta story I saw, 20 some odd days in quarantine sick with coronavirus. So this is going to be some serious information today. I'm going to stop talking now and I'm going to throw it over to Julia to give a brief introduction to you all about herself, how long she's been a nurse and uh, sort of what type of environment she's working in now. Hi guys. Hello. So I've never, let me just put it out there. I've never done a podcast before. Neither of we don't I... worry about it. <laughs> You're good. So thank you for having me. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I've worked in Toronto now for coming up to 13 years. I started as an RPN and then I went back to school and became a registered nurse. Um, most of my specialty has been in neuro, uh, started off in stroke rehab and now I'm in neurology and neurosurgery at a hospital downtown Toronto. Very cool. So, okay, I I have to ask the most basic question. Just jump into it. I have to ask the most basic question. I mean, we're going to go yeah. through everything. But the most basic question, did you contract COVID-19 from working in a hospital or was this a community spread? There's really no way to say that. There's okay. no way to answer it. There's no confirmation. Okay. I've done my contact tracing um, with public health. And um, as we get into it, you'll sort of see that I was in contact with people who were tested and sort of everybody came back negative except myself. So when I see on the news all the time that healthcare professionals are testing positive and the news is very, very quick to say community infected, not That's hospital. That's why I asked that. Yeah. That's a media yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, you do your contact tracing, you tell them if you've been in contact with you know, whether you're a frontline worker or if you were in contact with someone in the community, like a, a close friend that had recently traveled, I mean, you can sort of conclude that way, maybe where you got it from. But right. I mean, where did I get it from? Did I get it from a person? Did I get it from an elevator button? Did I get it from a door handle? Did, you know what I mean? Like, there's not really any specific 
way of figuring that out. Okay. So then let's back it all the way up to the beginning, because um, last night when I was actually talking with Mark about you and telling him like, hey, you know, we've got somebody coming on and, you know, this is what she's been through. And as I said, I saw one of your Instagram stories that said for the first time in 24 days, I'm negative or I'm free of COVID-19. 24 days since your positive test, correct? No, it was 24 days since I started to see symptoms. Okay. Okay. But they weren't the typical COVID symptoms. So it was about six or seven days after I started the symptoms that something in my gut told me to go get tested. And then I got tested. I was in quarantine officially for 14 days, but I didn't end up starting to do my retest until day 15, 16, and 17. Okay. So let's start with um, the initial symptoms then. What, before you, you knew- Before we even get that far, I want to go even <laughs> further back. Okay, let's okay, go ahead. I want to know when you are at work or you're at home and you realize- holy shit, this is going to be a shit storm. Do you say to yourself, I wish I was not a fucking nurse at a hospital? <laughs> like, do you ever have that thought? Because if that was me, I'd be like, yeah. this is bullshit. I'm going, I'm going to jump in my car and I'm yeah. going to end up in way but fuck North Ontario and no one's ever going to find me. <laughs> and that'll be that. I wouldn't be like, okay. yeah, well, I'm going to put on my so big I, boy pants and go to work. <laughs> yes, I contemplated a couple of times driving out to bum fuck nowhere. Okay. Um, it did cross my mind. Um, I don't know. As a nurse, you're kind of torn because, I mean, like, all I know is helping people. Like, that's what I do. As soon as I leave my house, that hat is on, whether I'm at work or not in the community. You know, I've been around people who have fallen, car accidents in front of me. Like, you want to help. So, yes, there are parts of me that are scared, of course. I was never, I wasn't yet graduated when SARS happened. So I missed that sort of time period. Mm-hmm. So this has been like the first pandemic since I've been a nurse. So yeah, of course, I'm scared. And parts of me was like, oh, I don't really want to go into work and, and that type of it. But, you know, it's just like, I don't know, it's something in me. Like, I didn't care kind of at the beginning. Are your colleagues the same or are you at work with a whole bunch of other people that are like, fuck, I really don't want to do this. I am at work with soldiers. Mm. Okay. We all feel the same way. We're scared, but like, this is our job. Like what's the difference if someone comes out of brain surgery to me and they're fighting for their life or, you know, I get COVID patients and they're fighting for their life. Like there's just this sort of innate feeling in you that we just, that's us, you know, we're you here passed. to help people. I'll hire you. Well, and I will say, um, we didn't really give any background, but uh, the way that we found Julia is uh, her and I actually went to the same high school. I don't know that we really knew each other so much in high school, but well, apparently she drove me halfway home. She did one time, yeah. Uh, which I still don't <laughs> fucking believe. Well, so one of my best friends from high school and one of Julia's best friends from high school are sisters. So we always kind of ended up in the same place with the same people, um, whether we really knew each other very well or not. So we follow each other on social media. And I will say that even before all of this happened, I would say every third post of Julia's at least at a minimum is something about nurse's life and being a nurse and, you know, not sleeping and all of like, I can see even just from your social media that you literally live and breathe nursing, which is insane. I'm proud. I'm a proud nurse. Yes, you are. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't know how you fucking do it. I mean, I'm being honest. Like, (laughs) 
we work in I'm putting in in quotes healthcare like yeah sure we work in healthcare we're massage therapists we're kinesiologists like you know we help people with their health and wellness but Mm -hmm. man you fucking stand on your feet for 12 hours plus and deal with people's lives like I don't I don't know how you do it um I get a lot of pedicures hand massages and I try to sleep as much as I can that's fair that's very fair I would sleep a lot too Um, so, okay. Now back to the, I want to, I want to know what the initial symptoms were like before you even thought maybe I should go get tested. You said they weren't typical COVID symptoms. How did you start out? None of them were. Okay. Okay, So let me sort of give you a bit of background. I have year round allergies. I don't have seasons. It just happens all the time. I could be on for a few days, off for a few days, on for a week, off for a couple yeah, weeks. That's smart. And my allergies only present with sinus congestion. I don't have sneezing, coughing, none of that. Um, so for me to get stuffy some days, it's typical for me. I don't really use anything over the counter in terms of pills. They don't really help me, but I do use nasal sprays, um, whether it be like a quick acting like Ochervin or whether it's like a long act where it's like a longer steroid spray um, like Flonase. So I sort of came, started the week and I was feeling quite congested, but it was on and off. And I went into work that day and, uh, you know, it was just sort of getting the ball rolling on the whole COVID thing. And I sort of spoke with my boss and I said, you know, I'm a, a year round allergy person. Like, should I talk to occupational health about when these symptoms get too far? Should I just like proactively get tested, et cetera? So I actually went up to occupational health, had a quick discussion with her. I told her nothing seems out of the normal right now. And she says, well, you know, your body, you know, if it gets to the point where something unusual happens or it gets a lot worse, then, you know, we'll discuss it then. I said, no problem. So the the day went on and later on in that day, I started to notice that I couldn't really taste anything or smell anything. Again, not totally unusual yet for my allergies, because imagine when you're stuffy, it can't really taste your food, etc. So I got home that day, it got a little bit worse. And by the next day, I couldn't taste and smell anything. Can I pause you for a second? Mark, you have year round allergies. And I know you get super congested. Do you lose taste and smell? Uh, My taste definitely drops down a lot. The smell yeah. smells kind of in and out because I, I don't know. I think I got. I don't think my nose is really like I get really stuffy, but I don't think it affects my ability to smell. But taste, fucking for sure. Okay, all right. Sorry, Julia. Go on. I just wanted no, no, no. to figure out: is this like a normal allergy thing? So I just sort of know for myself. Like meal times, super important. Sleeping, I don't like being fully stuffy and like falling asleep with my mouth wide open and like waking up to like the desert in my mouth. So (laughs) I always save my Ochervin spray for like dinner time so I can enjoy my meal. It'll open my passageways. I can taste everything. And then when I get to bed, I can breathe in order to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So I was using all my sprays for days. And every so often there was this little red flag that went up to me like, why is my sprays, they're opening my passageways, but why can I not smell or taste a thing? Now I'm talking mm. oil of oregano drops down my throat raw. And you, didn't, and you didn't taste that. That is the most disgusting Nothing. taste on the planet. Did you do that just to test it out? No, she's, yeah, she's yeah, healthy. <laughs> well, I was just wondering. I'm like, find the most disgusting thing imaginable and give actually, it a try and see if you can I taste. I actually had that thought and that's why I was doing it. So it got to be like day three, four, five. And I was just like, yeah, something's not right. And then I started to feel like really full in my ears. 
so it was it was kind of like almost like the beginning of an ear infection like I felt very plugged so in my head I still felt good so in my head I was thinking all right my allergies are like really kicking in but maybe the congestion has sort of gone all the way up into my ear tubes that maybe that's why I can't taste and smell that's how I was justifying it to myself can I pause you on this really quick can you tell me the time frame of this like when was this so this started Monday and then I woke up and got tested on Sunday. But I mean, is this before all of the, uh, like, like everything shut down? Like, like I'm looking for dates. I started to lose my taste and smell on March 16th. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. And that was right after the hospitals put in a no more visitor policy. We had shut down. The, the, the public had already been sort of ish isolating it was just getting into it yeah march 16th was the day that our governing body sent an email saying that we needed to pause all non-essential treatments so we weren't necessarily shut down but we were told like really scale back and majority of massage therapists by that point just close their doors yeah so we were everything was just sort of starting Mm -hmm. so i had gone throughout this week and you know, I had a couple moments where I was like, why the fuck are my allergy sprays not working? Why can't I taste and smell? So I would take hot showers. I was using a humidifier. It even got to the point where I felt so full in my ears and muffled that like I'd be on the phone with people and they're like, why the hell are you talking so loud? I'm like, because I can't hear myself. We should actually pause here. Um, Mark didn't have his headphones on when you said this to me before we started recording. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of her ears is actually still plugged. So she said, if you guys know, uh, find that I'm yelling at you. Let me know because I'm still yelling at people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. It's hard. Like when you imagine if you get waters in your ear and you get that muffled feeling. Yeah. So th- throughout this week, I was even going as far as to like holding my nose, holding over my eyes and trying to like pop out my eardrums. That's how full it felt. Still not really thinking the worst because I felt fine. I felt normal outside of that. Mm -hmm. So I actually wasn't working throughout the weekdays. So when I went home, I was already self-isolating by myself. Um, And then I went back to work for a couple night shifts. And on one of my night shifts, the last one, I was drinking a Red Bull. And midway through the night, I was like, oh, oh my God. I just got a a little dab of flavor. Yes, it's clearing up. I can taste things again. We're good. I got home from night shift that night and I woke up Sunday and I opened my phone and I just started seeing like two and three different articles saying like one of the new COVID symptoms that should be on the list is sudden loss of taste and smell. So I literally just woke up to pee, I'll be honest with you. And I just sat on the side of my bed and I just had like a total panic moment to myself. Mm -hmm. Like I almost knew in my gut something wasn't right about this past week and I immediately called my unit and I spoke to my in-charge nurse and I was just crying. And she said, you know, I never heard about that. And I said, Google it. And then she's like, well, if it'll make you feel better to get tested, go get tested. And I said, yeah. And I ran to a test center, like literally didn't even brush my teeth, ran to a test center. I was in panic mode. And thankfully, I went to a test center that I guess had just opened up. So no one had knew about it yet. Uh, Very sort of locked doors. They let you in one door and they lock the door behind you and you get sort of like a quick interview. What are your symptoms? I had to tell them that I'm a nurse, show them my badge, went through to the next thing. They registered me and immediately sent me in one of the rooms and 
someone came in in their big suit and shoved it, the the test thing down my nose and left. And then about five minutes later, a doctor came in, saw me for about five minutes, listened to my lungs and sent me home. And I immediately drove myself home and panicked the rest of the night. Okay. I want to, I want to slow down here for a second because there's a few questions I think we need to answer. Shoot away. Go ahead. First one being um, test centers for anybody who doesn't know, because there's going to be people listening who don't know how to access this information. If you're a member of the general public and you were thinking, I possibly have symptoms, how do you know where to go in terms of test centers? So I've been like, on the Canadian government website, the Ontario government website, and the Toronto government website. They all have, as soon as you pop up one of these things, the first thing you see is COVID immediately. So it'll be a link to the COVID page, et cetera, et cetera, and the public health. Okay. So what they're sort of, I guess, asking people at home is to, before you go to the test center would be to call telehealth. And telehealth will sort of assess you over the phone and sort of give you direction if you needed to go get tested. Mm -hmm. Let me just state, ain't nobody telling me that I wasn't supposed to go get tested that day. I didn't care for no guidance. Something in my gut was telling me I needed to go. Something wasn't right about the week before. And I ran to a test center. So when you went in to get the test done, now, as I said, I follow your Instagram. So I -hmm. actually got to witness you getting tested, which, by the way, I can't imagine how you felt because I wanted to throw up. But can we talk about um, what is involved for anyone who doesn't know? What does the test look like? So I... I think there's a few different ways you can do it. Haven't really read up on the other ones, but I had the long Q-tip and it's a nasal pharyngeal swab. So they actually stick it in one of your nostrils and they, it's a very weird sensation. Some people have said it's painful. I would definitely say it's weirdly uncomfortable. So they stick this long Q-tip and they go into your nostril and they sort of go all the way back farther than you'd ever be able to get your finger in your nose and they just sort of hit the back wall and then they wipe it a few times and pull it out yeah yeah like it's uncomfortable and my eyes water every single time yeah I imagine my eye I actually think that I cried not like cried with pain but I think that my eyes both gushed when I got my nose pierced like I can't imagine this thing going all the way up my nose exactly one of those feelings where your eyes instantly water it is quick I wouldn't describe it as painful but it's just this weird it feels like they're hitting into the center of your brain because when have you ever put anything that far back? So it's feeling an area that you've never had anything sort of touch on before. So it's just, it, it's, un- it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it didn't look pleasant. <laughs> so, okay, then you got the test done. The doctor yeah. came and talked to you, sent you home. So at that point, I assume that you're thinking, I better just keep my ass home. And yeah. how long that between, night was the worst because you, you didn't know anything, right? Like you how nope. long between getting the test done and getting the results? OK, so I got lucky because I tested at about 4 p.m. and I had my results at about seven o'clock in the morning. OK, so it was just that rare. first night that you didn't that you didn't know anything. Yeah. Getting your test results back so soon is rare. Um, a lot of the different labs that people are going to are depending or sorry, the test centers, depending if their lab is overwhelmed, it might take longer. I have staff that I know that it took eight days. I know someone in my family, it took 11 days to get results. But thankfully, thankfully for me, it started this whole journey. But thankfully, I got mine quick. So I knew right away. So I woke up the next morning, 
sort of looked at my phone to a bunch of messages and I saw my email come up and it says, you have new results. So I did the whole like countdown from 10 thing and I opened it and it said COVID-19 detected. Wow. And then the shitstorm started. <laughs> so in the in in your waiting period to find out if you're positive or not, what goes through your mind? Oh my god. Tell me I tell me everything. Have, I want I want to know. I must have had 47 breakdowns. So you know, I have my small circle of friends and I'm very open with everybody. And I sort of told them that I went to go get tested. And then every time you say this to someone, you can't help but start crying. So yeah, that night was a lot of crying for me. And you know, I have some good support systems. So everyone was just sort of like, okay, like you've tested. It's just the waiting period. It's that unknown, that uncertainty, like you don't even know yet. In this time, are you worried are you scared? Like, what are you in this time? All of the fucking Or are you above. just like in shock? Like, what the fuck? I'm a little bit of everything. Like, part of me was like, inside of me was telling me, you're negative. You're negative. You're good. You're good. So that little voice, I, I'm thankful for it kind of kept me at bay. But like, you know, obviously I'm talking to friends and to my mom and, you know, to everybody. And like, every time I'm describing it, I just like kept getting overwhelmed again, mm -hmm. you know, because I had just finished two night shifts. And I'm on like some pretty intense floors where people are already really sick. So that was very scary for me. So wait, are you then are you scared for your patients then not for you? Okay, in the first four days after finding out I was positive. Um, oh, yeah, I was crying all the time. And I, I kept saying to everybody, like, I don't even give a shit about me. I don't even give a shit about me. Like, that was the moment where I knew, like, you know, I was meant to be a nurse. Because even now, and my health, even though I'm, I'm okay with my symptoms, even now, I just kept saying, like, oh, my God, look how many people I might have come in contact with without knowing, like, and, and thankfully, this was a week that I, like, had minimal amount of shifts. But doesn't take away from the fact I remember I just kept saying to everyone like I don't give a shit about myself it's not about me it's like I have patience and I was in contact with people and other staff members like oh my god like I wouldn't know how I would get over if someone caught it or had worsening symptoms or you know the worst case scenario yeah so it was just a night full of emotion it was it was such a shitty night I'm honest with you and like I don't know I just felt so overwhelmed. So that that night when you're telling everybody, as mm -hmm. as you start to tell more people, is it getting mm -hmm. worse? Is it getting harder to say it, or is it getting easier because you're letting it out? No, it didn't get easier at all. <laughs> um, it kind of just stayed very overwhelmed. Like you know, if I got into the peak of conversation with someone and I went over the past week, yeah, I would find myself you know, crying again and that, but no, it didn't necessarily get worse. It just never really got better. That that night was just shit all around. So you are about the same age as I am. And I know that I'm you're uh, right. I'm also 36. Yep. Yep. And I know that you're very health conscious. I know that you work out regularly. I know that you mm -hmm. eat very healthy minus your cheat day, which I think is so funny that it's Taco Bell. <laughs> Just letting the world know her one cheat is Taco Bell of all the things. Session for Taco Bell, okay? Yes. <laughs> but like you're you're young and healthy. Did mm -hmm. did you ever worry about yourself or did you feel like yeah, I'll be fine. Like my body can handle this. I'll be fine. There's so much uncertainty around this virus that like my first initial really emotions were about the people I had been in contact with. 
But as I sort of accepted it, I was, I was under quarantine for all those days. I sort of accepted the fact that, okay, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like I'm okay, but it just, yeah, there's just so much uncertainty that like, when I really thought about it, like heart disease, big in my family, both of my biological parents have had cancer. One of them has had cancer more than once. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you all, you hear all these stories about these young people that went into hospital and, oh, because they have an underlying disease that they didn't know about, obviously it hit them harder. So it's like, there's so much unknown that made me really freak out at times. Right. Yeah. So oh. when, once you got the positive test, so we know, you know, what sort of led you to go get assessed, yeah. you know, the, the sinus congestion and the loss of taste and smell, which at that time we didn't know was a symptom. Um, yeah. Then from there, did you get any of the other typical symptoms? Did you have the fever? Did you have the dry cough? No. Did you have difficulty breathing? No. So no. once you were told like, okay, you got a quarantine for however many days, 14 days, mm-hmm. did anything mm-hmm. change in terms of how you were feeling or did you feel perfectly normal for the entire two weeks? Um, in like physically, I felt okay. Mentally was a whole other level. There's a whole mental anxiety and stress to it. Um, but the loss of taste and smell obviously was annoying. When I started to get my taste and smell back, it was weird because immediately I was like, oh yeah, can taste and smell again. But I don't think I realized it at first. Like I went from not being able to smell anything. So when I started to get my taste and smell back, I was like, look, I tested positive, but I have my taste and smell back now. So it must be done. Yeah, right. So over the those 14 days that I was in quarantine, everything was very on and off for me. So taste and smell on and off. I'd have a day where I could taste my pancakes in the morning, but then I wouldn't be able to taste the papaya I ate later on in the day. Or weirdly enough, I could like smell the shampoo as I put it into my hand, like if I put it up to my nose. But when I'm rinsing my hair, I couldn't smell an aroma in the shower. So it was really weird. I was like, even going around, I was like trying to smell my like Dane laundry detergent. And I was like, okay, this has a very potent smell and I can't smell it. So I kind of clued into the fact that like, okay, it's come back kind of, Mm -hmm. but not really. In addition to that, my ears were really, really bad. They started to get really bad as I was in quarantine. There was one morning where I woke up and I'm like, why am I awake so early? And I sort of clued into the fact. I'm like, oh, God, why are my ears so sore? It was like this deep, full pressure feeling. And I was like, fucking Corona, man. Like, <laughs> there was a. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not a, funny, but fucking it's corona. It's not funny, but it kind of is. Like, that's how I got myself through it. I found that I was taking quite a bit of Tylenol for the ear pain and the ear pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, never had a cough until like now. I'm finding myself some days I'm picking up a cough and not. You know, I'll wake up one day and I'm back to being congested. And then I'll wake up the, the next day and I won't be congested, but my ear pain's on 10. So it was kind of in and out. I didn't have any a sore throat really up until about now I'm starting to find that I'm waking up with a bit of a sore throat, even now that I've tested negative. Um, there were a couple times, like you said, I'm, I work out regularly. So while I was at home, had to keep myself busy. I did a lot of, um, online workouts, um, through Instagram. And there were two of my workouts where I felt myself short of breath. 
but mm-hmm. not like a, I'm working out and I'm tired short of breath. Like a, I couldn't take a full breath and it felt weird to me. So I sort of had to like scale it back a bit and like remind myself like, yes, you want to do a good workout, but like chill hey, the fuck out, Julia, you have coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking Corona. Okay. So yeah. But other than that, like I can't say I didn't have any high fever. Thank goodness. Because when I have fevers, I squirm. I squirm in my own skin. So I couldn't imagine having these high fevers that everyone's talking about. So like, thankfully, thank God, I did not have severe symptoms that some of these other people are having. Yeah. And again, I mean, it, it is unpredictable. Like you said, there's too much uncertainty and there's so much unknown. And there are young people who are getting really, really ill. They possibly have an underlying condition. Some maybe don't. Um, but I think generally the general rule is if you're relatively young and healthy and, you know, you have a, a good immune system, then you can sort of handle the symptoms. But it's like you said, you work with pretty vulnerable patients. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine the fucking stress thinking like, like how many of these people who have underlying conditions and heart problems, like how many of these people did I come into contact with before I knew that mm-hmm. I had this? Um, mm-hmm. And I know the incubation period for this virus is pretty long, right? So even before you were showing symptoms, like did they have to go back in terms of your contact with, like how far did they yeah. go back? So um, public health went back, I think I want to say, we spoke like for the whole week prior to that. Um, thankfully I was kind of already self-isolating minus a couple occasions where I had close contact with friends, but even the week prior, like I wasn't working a whole lot of shifts. And when I was coming home, I was kind of by myself anyway. So thankfully my contact tracing wasn't massive. Um, but I can't remember, we, we spoke about it for the week, like, you know, at least five or six days prior to to me getting positive. Mm-hmm. Now I will say um seven about 72 hours before I tested positive, I had been in contact with a few people. Um those people obviously I told I became positive to. Um all those people went out and got themselves tested and all came back negative. Oh that's good. Um yeah. And then obviously when I finally got my results, then we had to do contact tracing with staff members that I might have come in contact with. So yeah. And they since all tested negative. Thank God. Oh wow. I don't know how yeah. how you managed to pull that off. But I don't know either. But like let me tell you, for my mental health and my mental the stress I was feeling mentally, like thank God. Every time I got a text message that someone else was negative, like it really helped with the mental anxieties. Do you think it's because you're a nurse? Okay. Let me let me tell you my my thought process on this. Okay, I'm a go. massage therapist, right? So when mm-hmm. all of this started, I mean, before it became so, so serious, you know, just at the time where we were getting emails from our college saying, you know, make sure that you're increasing your hygiene and sanitary practices and this and that. I remember almost scoffing at it, like saying to Mark, like, we already fucking disinfect everything around us all the time. I already mm-hmm. wash my hands. They also mentioned screening. They mentioned screening, yes. But I'm talking about even, even before that, I see, you know, all of the other RMT we're all posting like, you know, this is what we're doing to keep you safe and keep the, keep the public safe. And I was thinking, man, I already washed my hands to the point of like almost like taking my own skin off multiple mm-hmm. times a day. Do you think part of the reason you managed to not pass it on to all these people is because you're already that person? You're not going to, you know, touch somebody and touch your face and cough into your hand and touch a mm-hmm. door. Like, I think I feel like part of your lifestyle already is making sure that you're pretty careful? Yeah, so I'm pretty good with hand hygiene. 
Um, and thankfully, when I think back to those two shifts that I worked right before testing positive, I was already like, I'm already very clean OCD ish, especially at work, especially since COVID started becoming bigger. And I remember one of the night shifts, like, you know, where we work with four or five um, other nurses. And I remember like saying to them jokingly, like, hey, guys, when you have a few minutes of downtime, like I brought back the cavity wipes. So wipe down the keyboards, wipe down the Pixis. Pixis are like sort of our computer to get our medications from that we all have to touch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it doesn't hurt. Wipe everything down, spray it down. Like, and me and one of the staff members that I had this conversation with, like we sort of laughed, I laughed about it with her saying like, thank God, like, thank God I was sort of going that little extra mile because it could have been one of those moments that I stopped someone else from getting it and the same goes for gloves and masks you know the government and the hospitals and everyone's sort of criteria has been up and down like wear a mask don't wear a mask wear this one don't wear this one and you know what like when it's you're there and you're doing the care and you're the one you're putting yourself at risk it's like I wish I could you know put like wear you know steel around my face if if I could but so there were moments where I like put masks on Mm -hmm. when probably I wasn't supposed to, but thankfully looking back, I did Yeah, because I was unknowingly positive at the time. Well, yeah. Thank God that you were over the top and thank God that nobody Mm -hmm. you came into contact with tested positive. So after you did your quarantine, I guess part of the protocol is you have to go back and get retested. And that's the the test that I had to watch twice on Instagram because they lost your test the first time. Stop lying. You watched it three times, not twice. I only saw it twice. Did you do three? I did three because oh. they lost the, the they couldn't find the second one. So I, I had to go I didn't, back for I a didn't third see one. your initial then. I saw the two that were back to back and I was like, oh, come on. You're really doing this again. See, I have a habit. Yeah. I start watching people's Instagram stories and then I go through the whole thing. So like thing, yeah. there's probably people <laughs> that like I'm not even really like friends with on Instagram. They're like, man, this girl watches all my stories. But I mean, <laughs> if anyone's listening, I watch all of your stories because once I click on one, I just let it go. <laughs> so yeah, like. I, I didn't do the first one that I tested positive in because obviously I was in like freaked out mode and I didn't even I didn't even want my phone like to touch anything in the test center. I didn't want to like touch anything. I was just so in like scared mode. So yeah, when you're done your 14 days, um, I organized with my organization to, to have me tested and what they call for, what the government calls for is if you're a healthcare worker, you need to t- test twice, 24 hours apart. So I had one test on one day at like 9am. And then I tested the following day around noon. And when I tested that day, and I went home, they I woke up the third day, and I had a message saying like, we can't the lab can't seem to find it. Obviously, they're back. Right. That's that's the one I saw. Who knows where I got lost. Yeah. And um, shit, as I'm talking, my ear starts throbbing. Um, And she called me back in. So I actually went back for a third day in a row and had a third test done. And thankfully, both tests came back negative. So what's what's the protocol now? I mean, you are a nurse. You work at a busy downtown Toronto hospital. What's going on with your work? Are you going back to work? How are they handling that? You know what? It's new to everybody. Unfortunately for my reputation, I was probably one of the first to test positive. you know, I'm outspoken. I, some might say I have a big mouth. Um, I'm a good advocate for myself and for others. 
So I kind of had a lot of questions throughout quarantine. I sort of pushed for information, wanted things to be planned and organized, et cetera, et cetera. So I have tested negative, but because I'm still having symptoms, whether it's just sort of, I don't know, residual symptoms, like my body's just trying to clear everything out, or whether, you know, I've sort of, because I've had a lowered immune, whether I picked up a little cold, I haven't been cleared for work yet, which is okay, because, you know, I, I don't always listen to my body. And I tend to push myself, even when I'm not feeling at 100%. And this was kind of like one of those wake up calls where like, if I genuinely, like sit here and think about it. I don't feel like I'm at a hundred percent, but my work's also not pushing for me to come back either because obviously they want me to be healthy is, is, you know, one of their concerns. So I'm not yet cleared to go back to work and we'll just sort of play it by ear on, on these symptoms. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, I now develop like this cough sometimes during the day and sore throat when I wake up and then those will subside And then like, as I've been talking to you guys, I feel like one of my ears is like throbbing. So it's like, I don't really know. Mm -hmm. You had sent me a message saying today was going to be the first time you went outside. I guess aside from your tests, did you go outside today? I didn't go. I didn't go. I I told him, okay, everyone keeps asking, what's the first thing you're going to do? And I was like, oh man, I want to go out and walk around. Like I have a balcony at my condo, but you know, it's, I'm close to the gardener. So it's very windy. It's very cold. It's not really refreshing in that sense. So I wanted to like go for a walk. The last few days, keep telling myself tomorrow's the day and I just haven't done it yet. I did make plans with a friend to like, yeah, absolutely. I did. I made, I made plans with a friend today to sort of have a socially distant walk, you know what I mean? And sort of keep distance from each other. And, um, I don't know. It just, that it just, it freaks me out a little bit. Like the fear is still there. And like, I can imagine just like you guys, you guys are scared to catch it and you want to prevent yourself from getting it. But like, I've now had it. And until someone can tell me a hundred percent, you can't get it again. There's still that fear of like, am I going to get reinfected? Like, is it going to be worse the second time around? Like, nothing's for certain. You know, some people are like, yeah, once you get it, you're immune to it. Yeah, maybe if you base it off of SARS and you base it off of like a virus like that, like once you get the chicken pox, you're kind of good for it. You know, until somebody tells me the World Health Organization, the CDC, somebody tells me that it's proven to you're be immune for it, immune to it, like, I don't really think the fear is ever really going to stop. Well, it is. It is really fresh. I. I don't. Yeah. I can't say that anybody could blame you. Um, yeah. Are you seeing any friends or family right now? Are you letting anybody no. visit you, or no? You're still keeping completely no. to yourself. So I live with no. So I live with my cousin, and um, but she's not been here since. Oh gosh, she has not. We have not. I've not seen her since like the weekend of the. 13th, 14th. Um, her and her boyfriend have been sort of self-isolating at his place. And then once they found out I was positive, it was like, eh, you're the girl with the plague. We're not coming near you. <laughs> so that's been fine. Today, um, yesterday was actually the first day that she came home to pick up some things. And I more or less talked to her like from my room while she was like way in the kitchen. And like you would have seen because I posted it, but the second she closed that door, I just went to town on this place in terms of cleaning. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it's, 
that fear of reinfection. And then I have this fear of like, okay, if I get it again, like is my immune system just going to roll over the second time around? Like, so yeah, I'm just, yeah. Was she afraid? Was she afraid coming home, picking up stuff? Like, was she afraid touching all the things that you've been living in by yourself for the last few weeks? I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone, unless you get COVID, whether you have a mild thing like I do, or you're serious, I don't think they'll really get that specific type of fear. She's asymptomatic. She's healthy. She's been good. She knows that I scientifically tested negative. So she knows until I start going out again, there is a small window, you know, that she wouldn't get it from me. But then, then again, that's why I cleaned down this place like two, three times over when she left, because I was like, well, I don't know. You've been going to the grocery store. You could pick something up. But she came in with like hand sanitizer and like showed me that she was sanitizing her hands like every so often. Like, but yeah, she obviously made it a point not to touch too much stuff, knowing it was so fresh for me. Since you didn't know, obviously, like that morning, as you said, you woke up, you Google, you saw something that said taste and smell yeah. or a symptom, and then you hustled to a test center, whether it was true or not, yeah. possibly without brushing your teeth. Um, how were you set up for two weeks in quarantine? Like, did somebody bring you supply? Did you have stuff? Like, how were you getting food and groceries? So I had a bit here when I found out I was positive. And then after that, um, so I ordered good food boxes. So thankfully, I had a good food box delivered. And, you know, that gives me a few meals out of it. But it got to the point where like, yeah, I had colleagues. Um, I had one of my closest nurses on my unit. I love her. If she listens to this podcast, she knows I love her. Yeah, she brought me a but she went and waited at a grocery store, waited in the line outside, and she FaceTimed me through the grocery store and she brought me about $200 worth of groceries about four or five days into my quarantine, which stocked me up for a while. Um, and then beyond that, I was sort of ordering from a juicing company just to give me all fresh juices, ginger shots. So I had it every day. Like those 14 days was like a mission for me to like build my immune even better or get it better than what it was like every day. I had like a routine of vitamins, everything. Now, this is not necessarily about your story. This is an opinion based on what you've seen, whether in your hospital or from friends or whatever. Do you think the public is taking this seriously enough or do you think people are too relaxed? Do you think people are too panicked? What's your take on the way people are reacting to this? Okay. I had a conversation with a good friend of mine. I think you know, when this all started and everyone was like, oh my God, panicking, buying toilet paper, whatever. I really thought about it and we discussed it. And I think the panic part was needed. I think it helped push people into isolation probably quicker than what they would have done. Let's be honest, not everyone has the best hygiene. And we have some real dumb people out there who don't (laughs) really consider other people touching the things after them, elderly people. So that panic was needed for to sort of scare everybody into a certain mode. Currently, uh, maybe some people won't agree, and that's just, this is how I feel. But based on current numbers and based on just sort of what I've seen in Toronto, I think we're doing very well for ourselves right now. That doesn't mean let up. 
That means continue what we're doing. You know, you get the people that are like, oh, the government didn't close the travel down. They should have closed it sooner, the borders. And, you know, they should have closed all the businesses down. Okay, when you talk in the context of time, of course, everything could have been done sooner. But when you talk in the context of confirmed numbers, don't quote me on it, but like, we shut the border down when we were under 200 positive cases. And by that time, the city had started to isolate and was quarantined. Based on our current numbers, like I still have hope that like, of course, the numbers are going to continue to go up a bit. My hope, I'm not predicting, I'm not stating facts, but my hope is that we, it will go up a little bit more because the virus has to move through our population. It's going to happen. It's the inevitable. But my hope is that we sort of got in, did what we were supposed to do. Nobody's really going out unnecessarily, minus like the odd jerk and, you know, inconsiderate asshole who's just still going out. But for the most part, I feel like if we continue on the way we are, we will have a little bit of a surge that we'll feel in the hospitals. But I don't believe and it's my hope that we won't get to the New York levels and the Italy levels and all of that. Mm -hmm. I think we've prepared. I think we've prepared ourselves. The hospitals have gone into a no visitor policy. The hospitals are eerily scary and empty right now. Yeah, like there's not our hospitals are not full of covid patients. Most covid patients can manage their symptoms at home. So most are sent home just like I was, a lot of them are sent home. Right. Stay in your four walls. And if you're positive, you keep it inside your four walls. And if you're negative, you stay inside your four walls so that you don't catch it. Mm -hmm. So my my daughters, they do swim lessons. And one of the uh, other parents there is a nurse as well. She works at a hospital here in Scarborough. And she mm -hmm. said the exact same thing. She was like the hospital, the emergency, she's an ER nurse. She's like the ER is empty. Like nobody is going there. She said, which just makes mm -hmm. me realize the number of patients. Well, I always knew this, but the number of patients that we were seeing, a lot of them were really unnecessarily there. That didn't need to be there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And she was like, you know, there's a lot of complaints that you hear all the time of like the wait times in the ER. Well, the problem is that we're seeing patients that don't fucking need to be here. So absolutely. I mean, it's but here. Here it is. It's a catch 22. OK, because one of those night shifts I was working, one of the doctors came up and I said, hey, like, what's a merge looking like and she was like it's eerily empty she's like I actually you know read a little bit of my textbook today etc cetera, etc cetera. I'm like okay and then I was like well that's you know that's good she's like well it shows us two things it shows us that yeah a lot of hospital visits are unnecessary things that you can do for a walk-in clinic you can call telehealth for you know you can even go to a pharmacy and you know get some cough syrup for it or some Pepto-Bismol if your belly's hurting or whatnot but she did make a good point. And she said that like, there are people that are sick at home. For example, let's say someone has a stroke. They're scared to come into the hospital right. to get treated because of everything that's going on. And like, this needs to be something that needs to be put out there. Like, don't unnecessarily come to the hospital. But if you are experiencing, yes, something as um, like an emergency as a stroke, oh my goodness, go in, don't wait. Because things like that are very time sensitive. And if you think, for, I just keep saying stroke because, you know, that's my background. But if, if you're having those types of symptoms, 
my God, like forget COVID, like go into the hospital. Yeah. Our hospitals have been sanitized and cleaned and the whole nine, like it is your, you know what I mean? Like it, it's somewhere you need to be and don't just stay home because you're scared of it. If there are legit reasons that you need to go in and see a doctor in an emergency, oh my God, they, you know, please go. Definitely. I became, I became a meme, by the way, with all this COVID thing. I've seen it on Facebook and I became this meme of like, mothers yelling to their kids like don't fucking hurt yourself we can't go to the er right now (laughs) actually i wanted to ask you a question about that i wanted to ask you how do you feel about covid humor right so we all know comedy at the end of the day has no fucking limits cool like Mm -hmm. that's comedy in general and we know people Mm -hmm. deal with shit in different ways and some of it's through humor and i'll Mm -hmm. tell you why i'm asking this as well like i know someone whose parents were on a cruise ship and mm-hmm. that cruise ship was not allowed to port anywhere for the longest time. Like they've been on this oh, boat God. locked in their cabin for however long. They're in a sardine can. And, exactly. Yeah. And there was so many people sick on this boat. And I think there was a couple people that had passed on this boat. Mm-hmm. This person I know, her father right now is in ICU. And ever since I mm-hmm. knew that story, I kind of look at the humor differently. Like I'm, I, I still laugh at mm-hmm. something that's funny because that's just me and mm-hmm. I don't have a limit the same way comedy doesn't have a limit. But I also just mm-hmm. looked at it slightly different. I was like, oh, you know what? If she read that now, like she would have something different to think about the whole thing. So what do you think of COVID humor? I'm okay with it. Um, just like you said that you knew someone's, you know, parents or whatnot, like with me being a nurse, there's a fine line. I'm not going to down on anybody who needs to put out memes and shed light on like a darker situation. Like, yeah, you know, you know, in my head, some things might be like a little in poor taste, but like, no, I get it. Like, you know, laughter's laughter. It's a great medicine. And like, people are trying to make light of the situation. But yeah, no, there are really human beings dying. There are really human beings who are having trouble breathing. And, you know, just like anything, like, yeah, you're right. Humor knows no limits. And, you know, it's going to be there no matter what. So I don't really take it personal. I find the stuff going online right now really interesting. Actually, I can't look away. Like, it's, people are finding every reason to fight with each other. I think that's always, but especially right now I'm finding like there's a, I just, I got so over it yesterday. My Facebook status was so ambiguous and I'm usually not somebody who does something like this. Like I don't bitch and vent on Facebook, but I made my Facebook status yesterday. Like some of you need to get your head out of your ass because you're making us all look bad. But that was directed towards the people I feel like that are waiting for other people to do things that are offensive. So like, for example, if somebody complains about something, you know, complains about being home with their kids and having to homeschool or complains about having to work from home (laughs) or complains Right, Justin Timberlake complaining about having to, you know, parent his kid twenty four seven. That was funny. There's, there's the people waiting to attack those people. Yeah, why did he get attacked and for that? To me, that what? was just that was fucking funny and real. It was a funny, it was a funny real moment that that happened. Yes, there. I'm on both sides of it, and here's yeah. why. One, don't attack the guy. Nobody has it easy right now. I've said this on so many episodes, but nobody has it easy. Either you have to be on the front lines like Julia and be going to work and afraid that you're going to fucking contract this, um, give it to your patients, give it to coworkers, or you're un employed like we are sitting on our fucking asses wondering if we'll ever you know have an income again or you mm-hmm. are 
having to work from home and, you know, maybe you live in a teeny tiny apartment, you know, you live in an 800 square foot apartment with no balcony and you have three children and you also have to homeschool them. And maybe you have one Mm -hmm. computer. Like there's just nobody has it easy. Everybody is struggling in some way. Maybe you have mental health problems already. And even if you're young and healthy and might possibly be okay from this and you haven't gone anywhere. Like I was telling Mark today, I had a video chat with a friend of mine and she's just always been a little bit um, high anxiety about everything in Mm -hmm. life in general. She is Mm -hmm. so fucking terrified right now. Like she literally does not leave her house. And I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't have to be quarantined, but she's so afraid she won't even go for a walk around her block. And I've been telling her, like, you can go outside, but she won't. And so this is what I mean. Nobody has it easy. Everybody's struggling in some way. So uh, the humor is, I feel like I'm okay with the humor because, you know, it it's maybe just helping people to get a, you know, a small laugh. And it, you know, Mm -hmm. some of it probably is in poor taste. You have to really be cautious about what you post. I mean, let's let's be real. Well, it's all in poor (laughs) taste. It's all a little bit This is a topic where there's no such thing as not being in poor taste. Well, anyway, what I was going to say is like the people who are jumping on people for everything they say, I'm like, okay, you guys need to calm down too, because the people you're jumping on, likely have it just as badly as you do you know what i mean like we're all in the same yeah. shit storm together so i'm like i don't understand the fighting like let's stop yelling I mean, at that's each other with every topic though right like that's with everything whether it's a virus or you know someone winning the championship or a news thing or a war everyone you know something gets put online and everyone jumps down everyone's throat but at the end of the day is like everyone is experiencing the same thing every yeah. this is this is affecting everybody just in different ways. Yep. Me, I've been COVID positive. So now it's affecting me mentally in a different way. Um, you know, you guys, you know, you have kids, you don't want your kids to get sick. Of course, of course, your kids are driving you nuts every day in the house. Like, of course, you want to go sit in the closet for five minutes and just get like a five quick minutes of peace. I hide in my kitchen with wine, fact- Julia. I do. I just exactly. hide in the kitchen. See? Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, you know what? It is affecting us differently. It's just, I really do hope that like, you've seen another side of the world. You've seen another side of like, you know, the city, the healthcare industry, you know, you've seen how quickly everyone can be affected. It's like, everyone definitely needs to take lessons from this, whether it be about having your children at home more or what these teachers are doing for their kids or for your kids and you know what these nurses really do day in and day out like everyone really needs to like take lessons from what we're going through right now so like have the humor you know what you're gonna have the people that you know the trolls that are gonna be online and jump down everyone else's throat that's fine but at the end of the day we're all right now on the same shit storm together is 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 essentially what it is so it's like you, know, you got to just be compassionate from all angles i know you haven't listened to any of our episodes but i'm so happy you just said that because i've literally referred to this as a shit storm in every episode we've done so thank you for that <laughs> thank you i have one of my best friends is super pregnant her due date was this past monday oh. she has been calling me every other day with panic attacks, anxiety attacks, every hour of the day, like, you know, she'll text me like two in the morning, like, are you awake? And I'm like, Oh, fuck. Yes, I am. But like, I love her. So you know, I'm gonna walk her off the edge every single time. But like, yeah, she's having a moment where she's scared shitless. 
You think she wants to go in the hospital to give labor? You think, you know, she's at home being like, oh my God, I woke up. There's a tingle in my throat. What do I do? Do I have COVID? Da, 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 da. It's like, you know, at this, at this point in time, it's like everyone just has to support everybody. Yeah. You know, they tell you to stand, you know, 15,000 feet away from the next person in line. Just do it. Because if it's going to make one less person sick, then great. You know what I mean? Like if you're able that, you know, you're still working or whatnot, or you can sort of bring food and leave it at, you know, people's doors or your family's doors, do it. Everyone just needs to support sort of everybody at this time. I agree. Regardless of all the other shit going on. Do you think that, this is for any one of you guys, do you think that all of this stuff actually just brings out the super in somebody? And when I say the super in somebody, meaning their dominant kind of personality trait so if i was a dick in this time i become the super dick yep or if i was helpful then i become like super helpful that type of thing <laughs> if i was like already calm i become like super calm does this, this, bring, is, does this, this is actually a, bring out the super like these are the people this is the I've real you i that. will let julia give her answer but i have a good answer for you oh shoot that's a good question um i mean i i guess so i mean Hopefully the dick's not going to become a super dick because then you're just a super dick <laughs> in a bad time. <laughs> everyone's got moms, everyone's got dads, you know, and grandparents and older sisters and family and older neighbors and everything. I mean, you know, that's all I hope for. I hope that everyone is a bit more compassionate at, the, at this time. And this isn't just for the now. Like this is something that has to continue. Like life as we know it, it's changed. And if it's not the coronavirus, it's going to be another virus in a couple of years from now. And if it's not this, it's not that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we just all have to be aware. We have to be more aware. Yeah. And um, I hope that you you're know, right, though, that I hope not that you're right. I, I agree with you. You're right that people need to learn from this. And I just hope that people really are learning from this. All of the different lessons, even if it's hard to see right now, like you said, things like, um you know, maybe slowing down a little bit, you know, we're so used to busy, 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 that the people that are home that are bored of their fucking minds right now, well, maybe this should mm -hmm. be teaching you something that you need to learn how to slow down, how to be with yourself. Like, do you even know what you like to do? You don't because you're always busy. The people whose kids are driving mm -hmm. them fucking bananas. You know, I'm not trying to poke at any nerves here and I might get some hate for this, but you know, why are your kids driving you fucking bananas? Like, is it because we don't spend enough time with our children? Are we just throwing them off to school? Do we have any idea what they're doing in school like you said mm -hmm. re recognizing what the teachers are doing for our kids like I am so grateful right now that my oldest is only in senior kindergarten because I don't know how I would be handling homeschooling otherwise but for yeah. you know the people I know that have got kids in grade six grade eight in high school like they're having to really do some hard shit and you know again going back to the memes there was a meme with like morgan freeman or something i think it was morgan freeman that said uh you're uh some of you are about to realize that it was never the teacher's fault you know, like just yeah. recognizing that maybe you need to work a little more with your kids and actually getting to recognize where they struggle, where their issues are, maybe mm -hmm. where you could help a little bit more. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of lessons to be learned. And the biggest one really is to stop being so fucking selfish, to stop being so self-centered and to actually want to help other people. Because at a point right now, I've said this on other episodes, nobody's getting ahead. So stop trying to, no. if you're still trying to, stop and <laughs> mm -hmm. make sure everybody else is okay. Um, but back to Mark's question, are you going to become a super dick or super helpful? Yeah, does it give you the supers? So I had mentioned I like this that. again on another episode. This is a psychological 
cultural phenomenon. It's your dominant response. If you, when you're put into a situation where you're forced to act in a certain way, you're going to go with sort of where your strengths are already, or at least that's the way that I'm, I'm going to interpret it. I feel like, you know, being thrown in this situation, I had a friend said again, send him, what is it with me in the memes tonight? I had a friend send me a meme <laughs> about, uh, that was like, uh, Maury Povich, you know, the lie detectors. And it was like, you said if you, um, that you wanted to be a stay at home mom, the lie detector determined that was a lie. You said that you would do all of these extra things if you had more time. The lie detector determined that was a lie. You said you were a social drinker. The lie detector determined that was a lie. And I wrote back to her and I said, like, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, but honestly, aside from the drinking, Okay, fine. That was a lie. I've definitely been non-social drinking right now. But aside from that, I'm like, I I am actually cleaning more and doing stuff at home and, you know, doing more things with the kids. Like I'm doing I'm doing more things and stuff that I always did say I don't have time to do. The only one I haven't adopted yet is working out. A lot of people for me like and okay. when I first tested positive, I I gave myself a couple, we'll say a few emotional days. Once I sort of allowed that to happen, I kind of accepted what was happening. Yeah, like you almost need to change your mentality at this point. You need to change your mentality from being like, oh, I'm bored. I'm stuck in the house. Like at the end of the day, and I've said this on my story and I, and I saw it in a couple memes, but like you're not stuck at home. You're safe at home for the now. That's what it is. You, your kids, the kids hanging off the ceiling. You're safe at home. Let's uh, let's so add a what? little asterisk here. We're not speaking to people who have mental health issues. I mean, in some way, I guess everybody oh, deals no, with anxiety. Like not speaking yeah, to them. Just in yeah, general. yeah, in yes, general. Because not. again, I know there's going to be not. people who are like, "Well, what if you have depression anxiety?" No, that's a different case. Obviously, you know, yeah. you're dealing with something totally different, and I would never downplay that. But I agree with you. The people who are like, yeah. "I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored." Well, you know, shit can be a lot worse do a puzzle. Exactly. There's so many other things. Like since I've been home, I've organized different aspects of my closet. I've gotten rid of a lot of clothes. I've, you know, gone into the kitchen and sort of purged a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends that are now on their fourth, fifth book. And, you know, there's a lot of free courses being offered through like Harvard and Yale and da 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 and all these different places that you can take online. It's like, find a way for yourself to be productive. Because at the end of the day, and a good friend of mine always say this, like, this is a good time. Like you're exposing yourself to yourself. And this is a good time to be productive in ways that you always sort of got distracted from. I will play devil. I will play devil's advocate on the productive. The only, okay, go what ahead. I mean by that is that productive might mean doing nothing depending on what you oh, were before. Um, so I guess it's not really devil's advocate. Productive doesn't necessarily have to mean learning a new skill or, you know, baking bread. I don't know why the fuck everybody's baking bread, but everybody's baking bread. Um, Look, I've got two loaves of those breads, so stop knocking the people. You, you baked bread. bread. I knew it. Everybody's fucking baking bread. No, I got it delivered, okay? I got it delivered. I didn't have the ingredients for the bread, okay? Well, anyway, I mean, you don't necessarily have to, like, force yourself to do things but it's more just, I think, collectively, we need to, like you said, shift your mindset, oh, change damn. your attitude, and look at this as, let's not start worrying about when is this going to end? How is this going to end? Because we don't know that. That's a question mark. Control only what yeah. you can control. So how am I going to spend my days? And for some people, productive might mean, you know what? 
getting up, relaxing, drinking hot coffee, kicking your fucking feet up for the first time in 30 years. That might be productive. For other people, it might be starting to work out. I'm not those people. For other people, it might be learning how to bake bread. (laughs) Oh my God, Julie, I've gained five pounds. I can't. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. My fridge and I are breaking up. Yeah, I sort of meant it. Yeah, like I sort of meant it in a way of like being productive in a sense of like, you know, don't like switch your mentality from being stuck at home. Like if you are one of these people that is go, 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 go. This is your time to like slow down, catch up on the things that, you know, you didn't have time for before. You didn't allot time for before. You know what I mean? If that means, you know, now you're sort of stuck at home and you're sort of on the cooking train and you're learning how to cook. Like it's just a time where like, Hey, we're kind of all confined to our homes in a sense. And it's, you know, whatever sort of feels good and whatever is, I don't know, whatever gives you the tingle in your soul is what you got to do. If that involves cleaning or relaxing or reading more or whatever. But at the end of the day, in your four walls is where you are currently safe. I agree. So everyone just has to make it fucking work. I have a question about this since you're already kind of talking about it and you are, you know, we're positive. So you might have a different point of view. You know, when you see on the news, people in the parks and stuff and people not social distancing. So I want to know what you think about that. And then I want to know what you think about the government conspiracy people like um, that um, we're having all these lockdowns and they're slightly unnecessary. But this is the way that we can, you know, control our people and put them in front of the TVs where we feed them everything that uh, we want the media to put out that kind of thing. So what do you say to those people? So the first one about the social distancing, like, I get it. You know, people need to get outside. They need to to get their kids outside. I understand that. And like fresh air is good for you. Let's be honest. Can I I also add something in on that too? Because I want to know what you think about now the the increased police power involved with people congregating and, you know, $1,000 fines and such. I don't think there should be any groups at this point congregating. If you guys don't want to end up like New York and Italy, like this is just what we have to do right now. It's for the safety of everybody. So like there shouldn't be any congregations. There shouldn't be any parties of, you know what I mean? It should be whomever you're in your household with and that's it. Yeah. And if you're quarantining with your significant other, then like that's a long quarantine that you're riding out. This isn't this, sh- you know, everyone just has to think smart at this point. You know, I understand you want to bring your kids to the park, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like who was at the park before you? Like, do you know what they touched? And that I, if I, I don't have children, but if I had children, I don't think a park is where I would want to be. Well, you're, course, you're super go- close with your nephews, right? Like. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I assume you're not able to see any of them right now. No, I haven't. Um, we recently found out that my three-year-old nephew tested positive. Oh. Yeah. He's asymptomatic. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, yeah, he tested positive and um, he's three. And his five-year-old brother um, started showing symptoms a few days ago and it got, you know, fever got really, really bad. And she took him into hospital and they tested him and he actually came back negative. Oh. Do you think that's mm-hmm. a false negative? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's impossible to say. But No, because my nephew waited 11 days for his results. So he was really sick about 14, 15 days ago, really sick. Okay. And they t- and they sort of took him in and tested him right away. And then they waited 11 days. In that 11 days, that kid's bounced back. Right. So I don't know. Could the other one have had it and it's already exited his, his system? Maybe, Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but in terms of like the whole park situation and that, 
take your kids for walks. Just be smart about it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stop touching the doors. Start, stop touching everything. Like, go out, enjoy the fresh air and come back inside. Like, I'm not going to say no one should ever, you know, enjoy the refreshing air. Of course not. And if you have a backyard, then you're lucky. You have an area where there's not a lot of people around. Good for you. Utilize it. You know what I mean? But yeah, just stay the fuck away from each other. And in terms of the police stuff, well, you know what? Some people need that. Some people, uh, like, I don't want it to come out wrong, but like some people need authority. They do. And it's because of certain, you know, it's because of, you know, some people in the population that don't believe in it or the conspiracy theorists and all this, that, and the other. You know what? It's just prolonging what's already happening now. I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't really paid attention to the, the conspiracy people. You know what? Because I fucking had COVID. Okay, <laughs> so I, I, I fucking caught the virus that everyone's talking about. So I don't really care about what you think of. We're all in front of the TV watching shit. I don't really care about any of that. I caught it. It was my health. It was my mental health. It was my life. And I don't really care what else is happening for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't really pay attention to stuff like that. Everyone has their own beliefs, and to me, it's just another opinion. And and you know. I don't really, yeah, I don't pay attention to it much. Yeah, I feel like if I had the virus, I wouldn't give a fuck what anybody was saying. I'm like, uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, what? Okay, there's a line, and I th- I want to say it's from Friends. We quote sitcoms on this on this show all the time, so I think it's from Friends, where somebody says, like, no uterus, no opinion. I'm going to say, <laughs> no corona, no opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? There's a lot of frontliners who have some, you know, have their opinions on it because Look at the point of view they have. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the medical field that have different point of views because of where they're, what desk they sit behind, or what clinic they work at, and you know what I mean. There's there's a lot of people that have very real and very accurate opinions, and not to say the conspiracy theorists, hey, you could be right. Who know? Who knows? But at the end of the day, again, there are real people that are dying. Like, has anyone turned on the news and watched New York City? Like, it's very, very real there right now. So I don't really care what the reasoning is behind it or why it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, I'm with you And me being a nurse, my mindset is like, treat and maintain. Like, fix them, get them better, get them home healthy. Like, I don't really care about the other stuff. It's just noise. Me. Yeah, I'm with you there. And in terms of why it's happening or what's happening, the point is, I think for everybody's sake, the best course of action we could take is just to stay the fuck home. Like it's it's really yeah. not that difficult. And again, to go back to the memes, because that's what I'm doing tonight. The one meme, which is like, you know, our our grandparents and great grandparents were called to war. We're being asked to sit on our couch. Yeah. Like, you, you can handle yeah. it. Just yeah. stay home. Yeah. And regardless of what the reason is, regardless of what's going on in the world, it doesn't matter. Just stay home yeah. until until something changes, until there's a light at the end yeah. of this tunnel and we can go outside and have some form of social world again. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's there's emotions are high. Fears are high. I mean, I have went through the whole the whole spectrum of emotions. I've been happy, sad, mad, uncertainties, everything. And it's just like, just be safe and do things that are safe for the people around you at this point. Like that's just really 
all you can do. Do you have difficulty staying home? Any of you guys? I love staying. This whole thing is, I'm not going to lie, the stay home thing is super easy for me. I don't me. know if I'll ever get Mark off of our couch again. Oh I'm not going to lie. Like, this is <laughs> the easiest thing I've done. If this was 10 years ago, it might have affected me differently. True. But again, I'm 36. Um, no, I don't have any kids, but I work a lot. So I don't really, I'm not one of these people that goes socially out for dinner three, four days a week. I do consider myself a homebody. Yeah, of course, if it's someone's birthday or it's an event of some sort, of course, I go out every now and again. But I don't know. I've caught myself in moments where I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? I'm going to go from the kitchen to the couch to the bedroom, back to the from kitchen. the window like, to the wall. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you know what I mean? But I mean, overall, I feel like I've been okay with it. And that might have been because of underlying fear. Like, I'm safe here, so I'm okay here type deal. Do you love where you live? Yeah, I love where I live. I feel like, I live in I feel like yeah. that makes a difference. Like, I genuinely like my home. Like I'm comfortable here. I oh, love my yeah. bed. I love my couch. I just I like it here. I don't I don't wish I lived somewhere else. So I think that helps a little bit that I'm comfortable. I do feel for people who don't have such a comfortable home life, you know, like, and again, I, I mean, I, to anybody listening, we're obviously not downplaying that we know there are people living in, like I said before, 800 square foot apartments, entire families, or, you know, there's maybe people who are in abusive homes or, you know, homes mm-hmm. with addicts, like, mm-hmm. there's obviously situations where it's not super easy to just stay home. And for mm-hmm. those people, I, I definitely feel like I hope that sooner than later we can resume some sort of life again because that has to be torture. Yeah. Like, I love I love being of home, course. but I have, an, I have a nice, pretty comfortable setup here. I mean, I'm stretched out on my bed recording a podcast. This is not too bad. Yeah. Like where you live is definitely sort of your little temple and it's, you know, it's you invest into it to make it comfy and cozy. And I recently moved to a new place in September, like I said, with my uh, cousin. Um, And yeah, we really love our setup here. So thankfully, you know, I'm comfortable in my home and it's unfortunate for the people that aren't. But the sooner we sort of wrap this Corona shit up, (laughs) you know, everyone can sort of go back a little bit back to a little bit more normal. That's maybe what people need to be thinking about is there are people who really, really need this, this lockdown to end. And if everybody could just think about, you know, we're doing it for those people, you know, like let's, for somebody like me, for example, I have no fucking reason to complain. So I'm, you know, I'm really, really trying not to complain. I would be lying if I said there aren't some days where I'm like, like, like last night when I texted you, I'm like, my kids are making me want to jump out the window. But (laughs) I mean, for the most part, I have no reason to complain. And I've been trying to be really grateful for that fact. Yeah, everyone needs to be really grateful. Yeah, and I think we need to think about the people that we should be doing this for, you know, the people who need this to end, the vulnerable people, you know, like... Mark's parents are are elderly, and so for us to see them right now, we're standing outside their window and writing messages to them in sidewalk chalk. You think you think we can just call them? <laughs> we, do, we do phone them also. <laughs> We've got the most primitive route. Let's write outside. Well, I wanted the kids to see your mom's face. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being stupid. So my mom's living at like obviously at her home, and her father, so my grandfather. He had knee surgery about a month ago. So he's been recovering with my mom. 
And my dad is actually up north at our cottage. He spends a lot of the winter up there. So he's actually been up there away from everyone. And I just sort of said, like, this is not the time to run to cottage country. You leave dad, who's in his 70s, up there. He's doing great on his own, no contact with anyone. I just sort of said to my mom, like, you and grandpa stay in the house and don't come in contact with anyone else either. Man. Yeah, it's just scary times right now. It really is a scary time. Do you ever think about like, you know, three, five, seven years ago? Do you think about like about yourself then and think like, could I have ever imagined in my lifetime seeing a global pandemic like this and living through what we're living through? Like sometimes this seems like I'm in a fucking movie or video game. Like this can't be real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But at the same time, I'm a nurse, man. So I see and hear things that would blow your guys' mind on an everyday basis. There are a lot of viruses out there. There are a lot of diseases out there, you know. Unfortunately, Corona's on deck right now, so it is what it is. But, like, again, it's another lesson we have to take from this, like, hand hygiene, you know, even just, like, in general, TTC systems and that. Like, hopefully this really pushes for there to be, like, sanitizer stations set up everywhere like it should be a thing we have a million in the hospital where there should be a million in the ttc stations there should be you know grocery stores everything like hopefully this cause like this causes change for the next time or for the you know going forward in the future like there has to be there has to be change here i really hope that all of this is happening and there are major changes that happen in the future especially with the frontline fucking workers yeah i mean you guys really i i had said this on another episode as well that um some of my nurse friends were starting to get pissed. And I mean, I, I understood why, but there, you know, there's been posts from nurses who are saying, you know, oh, you're bored at home. Oh, you're stuck with your kids. Oh, like, I can't go home. I can't see my kids. You know, the ones who are working closely with COVID patients, they're isolated from mm-hmm. their own families. And again, so this mm-hmm. is just, I know we're, we're circling back to this, but every time you think about how shitty things are for you right now, there's probably mm-hmm. somebody who has it worse. There's probably somebody who doesn't have it quite as as bad. But the point is, everybody's dealing with some sort of shit in some way. And frontline workers mm-hmm. need to be extra appreciated right now because you guys are probably some of the most underappreciated people. Like I know nurses get, mm-hmm. you guys get fucking shit on every day. That's why I said to you at the beginning, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Like mm-hmm. I have multiple mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. who are nurses and when mm-hmm. people are sick, they are unfucking pleasant to be around anyway. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you've got to deal with them. You've got to deal with their angry family members. You've got to deal with everybody who wants answers that you don't have. You've got to deal with the next family who feels that, you know, you've been with this family too long. And I, I just can't even imagine. And then again, I know it's been circulating online, but more appreciation for people who work in grocery stores, people who work in sanitation, of like course. all of these people who are yeah. fucking killing Transit. themselves. Yeah. The TTC. Yeah. By the way, good point about the TTC. That's got to be probably one of the dirtiest fucking places in our city. And hopefully that changes. I mean, the population that rolls through there in a day, there's only so much throughout cleaning you can do throughout the day. You know what I mean? Like it's just, you know, it's one of those places that moves the entire city around. You know, the people that are still open now, the grocery stores and the TTC and, you know, the hospitals and, you know, I'm missing a bunch of people, but anyone that's still having to work because they're essential right now, like, at the end of the day, like, 
The city cannot work without you. Yeah. It can't. So like at the when this is all said and done, I really hope the different levels of government take into account of what's happening. I can only speak from a nurse's point of view and the healthcare point of view, but like stop cutting the healthcare budget every single year. Every single year it is cut. Every single year there is something happening with staff. Every single year we are working with less equipment and less supplies. And now look what's happened. Now, you know, and I'm going to make this a very general statement, like, you know, nurses, we know to a certain extent what we've signed up for. We're here to help people get sick. No, of course, you know, we risk ourselves. And in this moment, yes, we are risking our life. And not all healthcare workers may agree that I didn't sign up to risk my life. I should be, you know, properly equipped and, and proper supplies, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we can't afford it. Right. We can't. And that's because our budget keeps getting taken away and taken away and taken away. Like it was our, uh, the healthcare system was broken long before this happened. Yeah, 100%. But like, if you are realizing how instrumental we are for mankind, not just Toronto, not just anything else, like nothing works without us. Yeah. So like, you know what I not, I'm, I'm not even going to get on the topic of pay and all of that. Like that just goes without that just goes without fucking saying <laughs> that we are underpaid. But I don't even want to touch on that because that's just really controversial. It's like, stop cutting the healthcare budget. Yeah. Stop. We are extremely important and we, it, we're seeing it now. It's very hard to do our job when we don't have supplies and when we don't have equipment. Do we have numbers? Do you know, Mark or Julia, do you know, do we have any rough numbers on how many healthcare workers in the city have been infected? I couldn't. Even I'm sure we, you. I'm sure I we can find even... that. I, I just didn't know if either of you had an idea off the top of your head. No, man. No, I, I saw one news thing like, yeah, on one of the first, after the first few days I tested positive, there was a news broadcast that said something about like, 19 healthcare workers or something. I have no idea. I don't know if they're actually like sort of announcing that. I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't technically announce that I was COVID positive either, but I wasn't hiding it. Like it is what it right. is. It's what's happening right now. I'm risking myself regardless of where I got it. Yeah. I had, yeah, I had no idea. As I said, I, it was finally when I saw that story of you getting tested and it was the second one I saw in a row, like back to back days of you getting tested. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is happening here? So I, I read your caption and you said, and it said for the first time in, I think 24 days, I'm negative. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like you, you were positive. Yeah. So yeah, I know you weren't like screaming it from the mountaintops or anything, but also you're, you weren't working with, COVID patients. Not that you weren't working with patients, but like you said, you have no no way of knowing where you got it from because it's not like you were no working way. with the people that were knowingly coming into the hospital sick. Oh yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. My unit, my unit has not had that we're aware of any COVID positive patient. But again, could have got it from a family member when they were still visiting. Could have got it from an elevator button. I mean, hey, who really knows at yeah, this point? Crazy super crazy. Uh -huh. Well, as I was saying Scary before, time. and I will end with this, the only, really the only thing I feel like I want people to get out of this whole thing and learn out of this whole thing, which I'm like a broken fucking record on every episode, is just to have compassion for other people. Like the selfishness needs to stop. Stop thinking only about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that when all of this is over, Do they hopefully, become super selfish? Maybe. I don't know. See, I don't the know. Super. Ugh, stop being a super dick. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Is there anything else you want to yeah. ask Julia before we let her go back to living her life? No, as long as we didn't make you rehash any shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd be lying in bed tonight saying, fuck, I, I didn't want to relive that. And these motherfuckers made me do that. No, I'm good. I'm pretty, I'm pretty open. Hopefully the compassion and the love for everyone around you and for everyone you come in contact with is greater than you being a super dick or your fears of what's going on. And, you know, we'll get through this. It'll take a little bit of time, but teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> Thanks, coach. I love it. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Put me in. Put that's me in. Put me in, coach. That's the only way you can put, put, in, it, you can put ready. it at this I'm point. Ready. <laughs> it's a, this is a collective effort. It really is. And you know what? I'm so, I'm mm-hmm. so happy that you said that because like I said, I'm like a broken record. This is, we're all in this together and we just mm-hmm. have to deal with this shit together. And if you need help, if you're struggling with something, like reach out to somebody. Don't struggle by yourself. Um, and mm-hmm. if you are feeling sorry for yourself, well, we got to figure out a way to change your mindset because that's not going to get us back to normal life any anytime sooner. We all need to mm-hmm. can embrace this new way of normal for a little while. This is the new this normal. Is it. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking about this whole thing. As I said, I think it's really important for people to hear firsthand from somebody who's actually gone through the testing, actually tested positive, um, talking a little bit about the symptoms and uh, and the fact that you are a registered nurse working on the front lines. And mm-hmm. I assume you're going to get cleared to go back to work at some point. So are you excited to go back to work? <laughs> I don't even know what that sound was, but I'm going to say that was I'm not ready yet. <laughs> um, mentally, I don't think I'm ready. Physically, I don't think I'm there yet either. Um, but I'm a tough cookie, so I'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. My urge to want to get back and like be with everyone and stand, you know, I want to fight. If I have to fight the coronavirus, I want to do it standing beside the people that I've worked with for how many years now. That's just what, how I feel. But, you know, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have fear. Mm. I will, I will go back when I'm feeling. And I'll see it on your Instagram stories. Top of my game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you first day back to work on your Instagram stories. You will. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it up tonight? Because we've monopolized a lot of your time. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm just sitting here in isolation <laughs> anyways. I got shit to do. Um, no, I think we covered everything. If you guys have anything else, you can. Uh, I don't know. No, I think we're good. Right on. It's been fun. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to everybody. <laughs> right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists at a Microphone. Peace. <laughs>